0: Hey guys, Dustin Nguyen. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. are listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King,
1: I write Batman Bitch, this is Bat Force Radio.
2: Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show podcast dedicated to everything fucking Dark Knight related. Big day for Batman slash DC fans as uh, DC Comics Rebirth kind of officially kicked off with a bunch of Rebirth specials. Who we got in here tonight? Nya.
0: Nya. 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 Uh, there's actually no Trunklet here tonight.
3: He's <laughs> the spirit, spirit. spirit.
0: <laughs> of Tom from California.
4: Uh, Robo Rich. <laughs> from? Notorious LPC from oh. Dirty Jersey. Oh, shit. Cross <laughs> from Canada.
1: OG Batman from Dallas.
0: Oh, so- and the Phantom of the Trunk. Yeah. I'm here in spirit, guys. Make sure you get me an itinerary of in the minutes of everything that was discussed there.
2: <laughs> hey, real quick, for our listeners who are starting want to get into comics, uh, can someone really quick explain exactly what DC Rebirth is? Yeah. It's a great <laughs> starting
3: point for new readers. Yeah,
2: They're a really good hopping on point for new readers, but with them keeping certain aspects of continuity uh, intact which was something a lot of uh, readers were complaining about with the new 52, which was, uh, you know, with the last 52 issues. So, hopping on point for DC Comics, for you to get into DC. Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern, Superman, The Flash. We're going all Flash over here, so don't even worry about it. Uh, fucking, what did I say, Aquaman? Fucking Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Green Lanterns. Green Lanterns. Yeah.
0: Uh, 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 J- Al Jordan and the core. Right. Uh, Sounds do- like, 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 George and the Giant Peach. Or like Detective
3: Greenland. Comics, Detective, Action te- Comics.
2: Yeah, Detective Comics and Action Comics get their numbers back, like in the 900s. Uh, do we have a Justice League title? Is that, or is that just ongoing from the last? Not
3: till later. Hitch is doing it. Uh, Tr-
0: they're getting a Trinity title.
2: Oh, a Trinity. But I, ha- you know, I have this gut feeling that towards the end of this year, early next year, we're probably going to see the Justice League book, and that's going to build up towards the movie. That's just. <laughs> My prediction i suppose but um, uh, but it's a batman pot primarily a batman podcast so um can we uh let, can we do a quick retrospective of greg capullo and scott snyder's new 52 batman run court of owls yeah, start with right? court of owls which we will eventually cover that whole arc sometime probably this year sometime in the
0: future but uh and it's court of owls was so popular that it got a uh it got a absolute treatment within like four years right which is unheard of
2: probably a record yeah um it was just Greg Greco and Scott Snyder were uh, chosen to launch Batman Number One in the New Fifty Two reboot in two thousand eleven, and they came in swinging. I guess they felt, you know, everyone feels like you got something to prove if you're going to be taking over a Batman title. So personally, I feel like that's where they hit their mark. As for Scott Snyder, anyway, I feel like it was so good and so original for the Batman mythos that it hasn't been. Considered to be surpassed yet, it was just a groundbreaking Batman arc story introduced. Well, he to me. did was he a-
1: did something that was um, pretty un, unheard of. Is that he came in with an all new villain, all new rogue. Right. You know, he wasn't retelling a, a Joker story or a Riddler or any of the classic villains. He came in with his own idea that he had already formed years before and had already hinted at in like you know his early Detective Comics run and now he finally had the opportunity to do the full story that he always wanted to do which was you know with the court of owls and talon and stuff like that so that was pretty that was a pretty bold move to come in you know with a character that you know I'm sure had to get approval from DC to start out and and you know create and stuff like that because you're bringing in and creating a new mythos so that was that was pretty unheard of, and man, he hit a home run with it.
2: Right, yeah, as really just a, a Illuminati kind of character errs in the Gotham universe, uh, just a, a different take on a villain, which is what I really like, and one that is not just created, but has kind of always been in Gotham, even before Batman. So that was kind of a nice spin on it, too. Capullo came in swinging with his artwork, as always. Um, so that was just a hit that pretty much... Got everybody going, on board with this creative team. And then uh, to follow that, I think he did a quick uh, Clayface two-issue story.
1: To kind of get into uh, the Zero Year.
2: Right. Well, no, before Zero Year, Death of the Family, the joke when he he started to tackle Joker. And uh, that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's tough. Your first time taking on a Joker is always going to be difficult as a writer because it's just so much to work with. You're trying to figure out how to carve him into your own way through words and uh, um I don't know I felt like it, it still needed to go on I felt like we just put on pause because I know he had to go into zero year because I think DC wanted an origin story for the 75th anniversary of Batman so um you know that felt a little short and unresolved I guess but Capullo shined heavily on the artwork as always in uh Death of the Family because you know, drawing a crazy clown is no new territory for him, considering he was drawing the clown for so many years for Tom McFarlane's Spawn. Um,
1: that know. that 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 arc was more psychological, really, um, because his take on the Joker was that the Joker was trying to to help him to improve Batman, because he said that you know you've relied on s- so many of these other members of your extended Bat family, and and you've been weakened, right? You know, by by relying on them and he, Joker kind of sees himself as a friend and he wanted to help Batman because you know in his own twisted mind he actually loves Batman yeah
2: in a way like a yin He's, to the yang yeah pretty much
0: he saw he saw as everybody else as kind of like a pretender and a distractor from what Batman like he believed that the the greatest version of Batman is a Batman that is working alone and a Batman that is alone by himself and um what he it was what was cool because it kind of like you said got into the psychology of the joker number one it shows that he doesn't necessarily hate batman so much as he's obsessed with him and he feels like no one else knows him at a personal level except for him even without knowing his identity or caring what his identity is no one else can know him as intimately as the joker does and uh, he wanted to show him that by killing off his family and being like see this is the best version of you that there is i'm i'm making you great again you know he's a donald trump joker if you would
1: and you know um, I, that's something i'd like to ask scott you know if he ever comes on the podcast or if, if i see him again at a at a convention or something like that because i think he puts a lot of himself into the joker in that thing in that arc oh
2: interesting interesting mm. Uh, how long was Zero Year? That was like 11, 12 months. That was 11 glow. issues. People, yeah, that was that was, a, that was a tough one. You broke it up into three parts. It's tough doing a story like that on a monthly basis. I think people just felt like... I don't know. The consensus was it was just maybe a little too draggy or they just wanted a new arc. That's A, that, a year-long year arc is a pretty long arc, especially when you're trying to tell a classic story over again in your own way. But, you know, obviously I think they wanted that for the 75th anniversary. But... uh I, it's definitely one of those books that I think it's fair to say you should always give it a second read just to you know make a good.
3: I think decision. I think it would be one of the books where like you're saying it, if you read it all at once, it'd be really good. Yeah, it's format. it's but much better in month to month.
2: It's tough, yeah, because yeah. I I loved what was it? I think Savage City was when the Riddler was taking over Gotham, and it was like vegetation
1: everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and the, the Riddlebots and the lions, and the, I really like that. So
3: part. much good art in that. Yeah, well, that's all so good.
1: That's yeah. another story that in the trades or the you know the the hard covers. There's actually some additional dialogue added in to kind of round out the story and kind of fill in some gaps that weren't included in the, uh, you know, the the monthlies.
4: I, I've seen Scott say that uh, if he got feedback from from readers that they weren't completely clear on details uh, as the issues came out, he would uh, clarify certain things before the hardcovers came out.
2: Right. And you know what? I heard something really uh, interesting from someone. I think it was on the fans. He, they pretty much said, and it was a good point too, where the reason... Capullo and Snyder's run was so as successful as it was was mainly because wherever Snyder had flaws in his writing or when it hit a patch or a hole or you know whatever was going on when it wasn't working uh Greg Capullo's art they said would compensate for it so people knew when they were getting this book or subscribed to this book that if the w- if, if um if the story wasn't there at the moment or wasn't working they knew they could rely on Greg Capullo's artwork to tell someone of uh, you know, to enhance that story, I suppose you could say. So <laughs> then, we, then we went into Endgame, and I really liked Endgame personally for the color palettes. It shifted to like these cool greens and blues are everywhere in Gotham, and and like Jokerized kind of. It's like Joker zombies everywhere, you know, Jokerized guests and whatnot. I thought, uh, and the idea that Joker might be eternal was kind of really interesting. But then I re- I never realized how much he borrowed from The Dark Knight Returns, though in that story as well. I was like, wow, there's a lot from the Dark Knight Returns in this book. But Well,
1: um, there was pieces of Dark Knight Returns in a lot of, in a lot of their run. And I mean, uh, in a, in fact, Capullo, you know, he's he's very open about, you know, that book being a, a big influence just, you know, because of, you know, the magnitude of the, of the story and, you know, he just loves, you know, how brutal it was and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I saw little pieces of Dark Knight Returns throughout their entire run, but yeah, you're you're exactly right that there, there was a lot in um in game. But there was also some in a uh, Zero Year too. Right. Yeah. Like I I, lo- I love when people write as artists whether they pay homage
2: to certain things, but i think yeah i think when it comes to when there's a point when it, you just see it over and over again you're kind of like oh. but uh <laughs> <laughs> but a- a- game was probably my second favorite i love i liked all the stories of Owls is probably the only one I, I really loved but the other ones you know they, they had their things here and there but they were enjoyable I just, just seeing Greg Capullo's artwork too man i just can't get over how great of a story he tells through his art and design and these little pieces he plants everywhere um but then they from uh, endgame they went into uh that that kind of segued right into uh uh super heavy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh yeah. Su- super heavy
0: uh Yeah. Yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. I don't know. No that was super heavy <laughs> it was super i like well his, that was
1: them having fun you know i like
2: mr mm. bloom i really like miss i think in, yeah I think mr. he was bloom, a good villain i think mr bloom is a really cool interesting new villain i like his design a lot i think he's eerie he's very cool but the the, the gordon and the bad bunny thing it, it didn't work <laughs> it just uh, there were
0: there were aspects of that run that were very awesome very cool yeah. And then, um, there's parts of it that were great. Like, I love the nod to the Powers, um...
4: Yeah, the Powers uh, group. Powers
0: group being the ones that, right. that create the Robo Bunny suit, yeah. which gives a huge nod to the future of Batman Beyond, which was awesome.
2: That They also did that in, um, the two-issue uh, Clayface story that followed Court of Owls, where they actually showed the Batman Beyond suit. Uh, really oh. fucking awesome, actually. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so there's, there's aspects of Super Heavy that, um... Little twinkles that were of of nuggets of little gold, little sprinkles,
2: right? Little chocolate
0: rainbow yeah, sprinkles.
4: I, I liked uh, Mister Bloom a lot more with the less powerful he was. You know, as we got to the end and he he got all giant and was this big <laughs> Godzilla monster, Dude, yeah. I, I was less uh, I was less thrilled with him than I was in the beginning.
2: Robin hated the ending, you know. <laughs> I think the way Snyder writes, he doesn't really conclude the stories or ends it strongly. He, he kind of leaves it where it'll eventually continue at some other point. I'll give them credit for taking chances. Whether some things worked or some things didn't, at least they took chances and tried to think
3: some other, Well, just, just putting Batman kind of on hiatus and having Gordon take over, that's ballsy, dude. Yeah. yeah. But, that's really ballsy. But we
2: have learned from the past that if you're going to put Bruce on hiatus or lost in time or dead or whatever, to, <laughs> you you can't leave him there too long because fans get very antsy. It's just one of those things. Yeah, pretty much. It's like it's a cool, interesting idea to have Bruce out of the picture, but when he's there for a certain amount of time, it kind of, I don't know, it, It's like everything doesn't gets a little tangled. How
3: long was that arc? Like seven issues, six, seven,
2: I think. Yeah,
3: dude. After two issues, I'm like, when is he coming back?
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just how it works. Because everything feels so
3: lost
1: when Bruce is away. He's like a nucleus. It, It was almost like they were doing that on purpose, just to kind of one. I think that, like I said, I think that they were just they dealt with you know, some serious, serious runs, and I, I think that they were just really just trying to have fun. But I also think that it kind of showed they wanted, or Snyder wanted to show, you know, a little bit more of the relationship between Alfred and Bruce because, you know, Alfred kind of found it refreshing and hopeful that maybe Bruce had found a new life that, you know, he deserved the whole time instead of, you know, dealing with you know the ghost of his past and stuff like that so it was kind of a i don't know it was a very sad and i mean the the name is called super heavy but it was it was a very sad arc because you 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 saw the pain that alfred actually felt himself because he was still mourning and he didn't want he didn't want bruce to go back to that darkness
2: yeah that was brilliant when alfred was so happy to see bruce finally with a normal normal life and a
1: girlfriend yeah. and just well. to me the robo bunny and stuff like that that was all set up because the real story it was all set up for a f- climactic return of batman yeah
3: yeah i wonder how long they were into that run before they found out about rebirth, because I
4: mean that could have been like, oh, well, fuck this then, <laughs> you know. Well, actually, if uh, if you think about it, uh, what was it, uh, just recently, in the last couple days, I saw an interview with Snyder where he was talking about how, from I think he said from issue 45, he and Tom, uh, he and Tom King were kind of. Working together on the writing, you know, on how things were going. And he was just kind of uh, acclimating Tom, I think, to to how the, the arc was going since he was going to be finishing it. So they must have known at least that far back that Tom was uh, going to be the one to take over. So maybe they knew from then that something like that was happening.
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. And that segues us right in. The, the new Batman writer. Tom King, taking over Batman number one. The new run with um, David Finch and uh, Mikhail Janin, right? Is that yeah. Everybody's really excited about this guy. What, two episodes ago we had him on? and uh, Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, Batman, uh, the rebirth number one issue that came out today.
3: You I'm know sure. what's crazy about him? I just watched an interview they did for DC All Access, and he oh, said man. four years ago, was, I was standing in Snyder's line, and I gave him my book. Now wild. he's writing Batman. He
2: he was truly a rising star. He, well,
1: he's truly, like, one of us. I mean, he, he, he's a reader and a fan first. Yeah. And he has been his entire life. Just like what he said, you know, when he talked to us, he's like, he's wanted to do this his entire life, but he himself reads so much. I mean, he, he reads everything, so...
2: It's Tom King, Reed Batman Tom King. Rebirth number one today. Um, uh, free for all What would you guys think?
4: First issue. Well, first of all, Wait, her, I, think, oh, I think Grandpa Batman said it's on the industry on Twitter. Who does that look like in the cow on the on the cover? The standard issue. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, it it looks, looks like Tom, Tom King. King. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> does.
1: <laughs> it does. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, he put himself on the own fucking cover.
3: <laughs> Badass move number one. And since he's bald. <laughs> The cow works better.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's me, Jason Statham. Yeah, that's right, the Transporter. If there's one thing I listen to while driving around kicking the ass of drug lords and stealing their girlfriends, it's Bad Force Radio. And remember, Tommy the Tit listens to Bad Force Radio. And if he ain't, he should be. This is my residual Jason Statham wearing off. God, we're off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the calendar man aging at a rapid rate pretty much with the change of every season. And yeah. he also changes the season every day with his spore controlling device or something like that underwater.
3: Yeah, yeah. Them little spores or whatever. Right. And, can't control the
4: weather.
1: Which he's really fucking with people's allergies.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I do have the sniffles here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
2: um Duke's in the Batcave and First of all, can we talk about the Batcave splash page real quick? Well, first of Ooh. all, can we talk
1: about how Batman's pointy ears can produce electricity like a taser?
2: Did you see that mouth guard <laughs> that went over his face? Yes, that
1: oh, looked
3: awesome. My, yeah, that was awesome. Fucking A. Janet <laughs> so, puts the, did he, he, you notice he put the tumbler in the Batcave? Yes,
2: in the mm-hmm. pod, and he put the... Um, no, there's the, the there's, oh, there's the 89. He put the Noel batmobile in there as well yeah yeah and uh, a couple of other ones you got the tumbler in there usually they can't put batman media stuff within like continuity books it's like that was like a big no-no in the past but uh i guess they're allowed to do
1: it now so that was pretty well, cool yeah maybe so because they put the tumblr in uh detective comics way back in that emperor yeah. penguin run
4: yeah they did and that was kind of a big deal Movement and uh during stuff. for during forever evil uh in i think it was in the Arkham War issues. They had Bane put on that coat that made him look just like the Tom Hardy Bane.
2: With that teaser for the Batmobile coming up, it's literally the Batman the animated series Batmobile with the 1940s uh, front shield.
3: Yeah, that's the <laughs> one oh, that Finch man. did, right? I
2: was like, oh shit! I, lo- I
3: posted that and people went ape shit. They See, that's love Finch, it. right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Now, now, what I really love about what they're doing right now, this new team, is that they're not trying so hard to make something new or do something for the first time they're really embracing everything that has been established already with batman and just well, amplifying th- it
1: that's kind of the theme of rebirth you asked what rebirth was it's it's really kind of um a melting pot with the tradition you know the last seventy six, seventy seven 77 years of dc comics with new creative teams and it's, it's like a melting pot of the old tradition with some of the new. Right. And
2: Tom King did say he wants, you know, when he's applying, he wants it to be very classic Batman adventures, like very animated series with Batman driving the Batmobile through the city and whatnot. So,
0: yeah, classically, he's got a ward. It might not be necessarily Robin, but he's got a ward. Right. He's part of the Justice League. Yes. Um. He's got his gadgets. He's got his Batcave. I loved when they showed him unmasked in the Batcave. Anybody else? Yeah. There's that shot of him just without a cowl I'm just chilling in there. I love. I love any unmasked. Dude, uh,
2: yeah. Going back to what Rich said, when he's hanging off the top of that building. When, was yeah, it a yeah, helicopter? Oh, that, yes. That's crazy. So, Up to the high so rise. Dude. And then, then he's like slipping, slipping. So then he just changes hands yeah and i'm like this is for 20 pages i'm like so fucking deeply enthralled in this already i'm like first of all it shows how many ideas tom king has he he, he's really ready to go this is a fresh start i'm really excited and now i want to ask you guys what you thought about um now being duke is not going to be another robin but batman has a new idea for him and then they show that suit what did you guys think of that new suit for duke
3: i liked it. i did too like, i'm actually honestly like duke really never appealed to me besides in the whole thing the robin war but i'm actually intrigued of what he's gonna do with him yeah, yeah. i think
2: robin's well, he's are done. gonna die a robin's done i mean <laughs> Dam- damien has to be the last robin you can't really do the robin thing anymore it's too fucking many of them yeah
4: something's gotta change yeah the,
0: um, yeah they, they don't have a very good uh, shelf life either <laughs> <laughs> Jason Todd. Yeah, they expire after about like four or five years.
2: Hey, go for just one quick note. We asked on the Bad Force Instagram. Uh, we got about eight hundred and fifty answers about people's uh, three favorite DC characters, and uh, Tim Drake actually popped up a lot. Then.
3: What? Yeah. <laughs> I like him more, as I'll tell you, dude. them The Red Robin run was
4: fucking great. Mm.
0: Tim Drake, huh?
1: Yeah. He's pretty popular,
2: that guy. Interesting.
4: Yeah, there's a there's a generation of people that for for them he is Robin.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. So
2: go
0: back.
4: Uh, what other what, was what other answers came up?
2: Uh, Scour, well, the Trinity was huge. Like white well, white I rabbit,
0: obscure white rabbit. <laughs> <Shazano>. Shazam <laughs> was uh, scor-
2: around. Flash is Shaz- very Shaz- popular. Shaz. Joker's
0: <laughs> daughter. Oh. <All> right. <laughs> She's nowhere in any of the Rebirth stories, by the way. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> Good. So she's that in Red Hood? I don't know. I haven't seen any trace of her. It's fine by me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you guys think Duke's role is going to be in all of this?
0: To die. I guess No.
2: Batman said he's not going to be another Robin, but he is already assuming this kind of sidekick kind of role. You
0: know well, what? Maybe he's, he's, he's he training war?
3: him to lead his, his own group. He knows about him.
0: Yeah. Duke says, uh, you know, I don't robin doesn't really need a batman and then he's like you're not going to be a robin so i that kind of alludes to that he's going to work alone at some point it sounds like maybe
4: it's pretty cool that panel like uh it was called pages where they're kicking down a tree and it's like the homage to um you're one oh yeah is training i love that
2: <laughs> what does yeah. he say to him he goes you're crazy and bruce is like i know or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> the tree is winning yeah i know
2: that's kind of cool <laughs> i feel like that's tom king's voice all over that just like I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just yeah. like <laughs> deny it or anything. But it uh, was it was a, it was a great that, first issue. It's really good. It's so much in just 20 pages. I was just it, it's kind of like what you want. What you always want from comic yeah. books. You want more. You want to know what's going to happen next. You're intrigued. You don't even mind reading it again or talking about it. So it's that's really the the best function there is for a comic book. That and we only fun. have to wait and 2 weeks now, right? Yep. Yeah. So, uh,
4: those those last few page. panels uh, have Alfred throwing that rotten fruit that he uh, picked earlier in the issue down into that hole, the way that's shown, that's that's something. Right. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. It, it, I was it shows wondering.
4: That, that POV shot from down in the hole. Mm. I
3: was wondering if that's something to do with the spores. He might have not yeah. got them all.
4: Or maybe, uh, oh,
0: shit.
2: Well, I was thinking Groundhog Day. And uh, Bill. You know, not, <laughs> yeah, Groundhog, not, not, not Groundhog, they uh, Caddyshack. I mean. Oh, so no, they... no, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Groundhog Day could work too. Get...
4: Bill Murray. You got the Bill Murray Caddyshack. Bill Murray's in the next issue.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah, because. Yeah, uh, but... But it shows them throw that fruit down, and then it cuts down into the cave, the juice oozing out of that fruit, and then it shows all the bats.
3: That's the avocado. So,
4: yeah, whatever it was.
3: <laughs> avocado. It was a bloody well, avocado. I don't know if it's considered a fruit. We can have that argument about okay. it well, later. Rich, let's not
0: jump on him. There's no avocados in Canada, I don't think. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, fucking eh. A. <laughs> it
3: was an M&M.
2: A mutated yeah. m
0: M&M. and <laughs> <laughs> Avocado M&M. that was a very runny avocado. I, I I have to agree. I for a minute I didn't know what it was because it looked like it was like running like juice yeah. or something. What the fuck? That's not a normal avocado.
4: <laughs> very nice, Robin. What do you think it might be? Yeah, hey, I, I think it's something to do with the spores. It's it looks like maybe it's something infecting uh, the cave now. Pretty. Well, nuts. If you
1: look, okay. There's the panel where. Um... Bruce and and Duke are kicking the tree. Bruce says, yeah, I know. Alfred's picking it off the tree. In his left hand, the non-regenerated hand, he's holding something in his left hand. Oh, shit. While he's letting the other pieces go. So there, like Robin said, there is something that he's holding in his left hand that he's looking at. And now all these bats are going to eat this infected avocado and all shit's about to break loose. A lot of
2: guano. (laughs) Oh,
3: shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. King's not relying on gimmicks or blowouts for this first issue. He's not relying. Well, you could tell he's using ideas as opposed to trying to go for a boom, bam, shock value. First issue, you know, villains everywhere and crazy mayhem. I think he's well, just going in with full, you know, full steam ahead with his ideas. As
1: well, you to- also have to understand that this book was co-written with Scott Snyder too, so it's kind of like yeah. the are trading right, off. Yeah,
4: well, I think it's interesting. Like you said before Scott Snyder didn't really close a lot of doors and when we interview king he's like yeah think of it as snyder lit the fuse and when i take over everything's gonna start exploding so it's gonna be an awesome transition into tom king man i'm really looking forward to this
2: yeah and real quick talk about issue number one coming up so basically the premise is uh as we learned from that video um a terrorist shoots a plane down and batman has to kind of intercept it or stop it or you know minimize destruction or whatnot And like we've seen in, uh, it was either Rebirth or Justice League 50 or Rebirth, I forgot which one, where they show that Gotham superhero and Gotham girl. So it's like a a duo of superheroes calling themselves Gotham or whatever that are going to head into the city and I guess take over as, you know, full-blown Superman-like superheroes in Gotham City.
3: They look at Batman as kind of like their platform to go for it with, them being heroes but they want to do it their way
2: right and uh i kind of like this idea i mean think about it batman's never had a su- a hero with superpowers protecting gotham it's always been bruce
3: so the fact that it can be him going to rescue someone they're already there it's gonna yeah. piss him off
4: and uh this this thing with the plane crashing down it's uh, another thing that uh, really feels like it's coming from Tom's past oh uh, yeah that's because coming of the, into uh, his writing. yeah with the 9-11 the 9 thing you know caused him to to get into his you know his time in the in the CIA
1: right and it seems to be where he he's comfortable in that lane and and he can write some intriguing stuff you know even Omega Man was about outer space terrorists and stuff like that and then he, yeah. was, he works on Sheriff of Babylon that makes total sense that he's going to introduce that into the world of Batman. And I'm really excited to see that because I think that uh, it's going to bring a new aspect of Batman being more of a detective in a way. Instead of just always fighting super powered baddies. So what
2: about, let's talk about the other Rebirths, but Rich, I know you read all of them. What's hot on the streets right now? What's hot, what's hot in the comic mm-hmm. shops right now? Uh. <laughs> what, what was good and what was worst? book ever
1: well, <laughs> well i'll tell oh. you what didn't sell out civil war 2 <laughs> <laughs> <on>. oh, <laughs> i kept seeing tweets about how batman had sold out in this shop
0: in this shop in this
1: shop so i mean
0: yeah who's writing that is it um bendis anybody know like it's bendis right brian michael bendis mm. who knows I <laughs> no <laughs> no. has
4: anybody read it no, I, I'll be
0: honest with you guys. I picked it up and flipped through it because I knew there was a spoiler, so I went straight to the back and I read the spoiler.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Did uh, did, was it someone else saying "Hail Hydra"? No, but <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel dies. It, it was it was Spine. Stan Lee saying "Hail Hydra." <laughs>
3: I, saw, I saw someone. So you nope. saw someone did a meme with him saying "Hail DC."
1: <laughs> you know what he 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 had a lot to say about the the captain america thing because you know all these people are up in arms about it and he said well good for them that's a that's a pretty cool move it's a pretty bold move but it's a good idea so i don't know what all these people are so well, pissed off about a- <laughs>
0: probably don't even read fucking comics and they're the understanding that this shit's not gonna stay that way. Like, well, yeah. I yeah. just that
1: find things- it. I, I just find it interesting that more people, well, maybe you know, obviously, kind of the the niche comic reading audience is more concerned about a fictional character that represents patriotism versus what's actually happening with. Who's gonna be in our fucking election in two <laughs> yeah, yeah. months? Yeah. More people are pissed off about this shit than this shit. I think that's it's, just I think mm, it relates
2: directly. Maybe to try and maybe it's social commentary saying, you know, fucking Trump's a fucking Nazi or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you guys see?
0: You know, dude, we've been through so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> so much shit Go back Marvel. to
3: Rebirth and give okay. shit. Marvel I think control. once you've been reading comics for so long. <laughs>
2: Oh shit! All the Black Panther lullers are gone. <laughs> oh, shit.
3: No, he's making oh, a comeback, dude. Oh man! The,
0: like I said, I've said it many times. The first couple comics I ever read, first Spider Man comic, Spider Man, Peter Parker fucking dies.
3: Mm.
0: Um, first Superman arc I read, Superman dies. So it's like it's I my my whole understanding of comics has always been crazy shit's gonna happen. That doesn't mean it's gonna stay that way. Doesn't right. mean it's you know, it's the end of the world, so everything's taken with a grain of salt on my end, and I think people need to lighten the fuck up. Hail DC. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm,
1: just, I'm just tired of people getting so bent out of shape over these fictional characters that they become
0: assholes in real life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Rebirth titles.
0: Let me just say that uh, um, Superman, I don't know if you guys caught up with uh, what's what's going on with Superman right now. I didn't really like so much the story of where it was uh, in the New 52 through a couple of months ago. Um, I just wasn't really paying much attention. But once the Rebirth issue came out and it kind of showed what was going on with Superman, I went back and I read... Uh, Dan Juergens, uh, Superman, Lois, and Clark, and then that ties in directly to what's going on with now the Superman Rebirth. And it's, I mean, this is an example of why not only, like, new readers are going to love the Rebirth stuff, but people who have been away from comics for a while and who didn't like the New 52 are going to love this stuff because it's not just, like, bringing it back to what it was. It's it's, uh, honoring everything that happened before. So all that history, all that continuity is still there. But they're kind of making it like, okay, New 52 was almost like another multiverse or kind of another fractured universe that kind of people jumped from one place to another. And uh, what they're doing with Superman right now is pretty fucking cool, I got to say. So I, I, so I think my second pick of the week for sure was Superman. Oh, like, shit. I Which ones did you read? I read, them, I read them all. I did the pre-order with my shop, so I'm getting all the Rebirth number ones, all the, all the, uh, the one-shots. Oh,
2: so Superman 1 was your number two, you said?
0: For sure. Oh, I mean, man. I I probably enjoyed it just as much as Batman. I'd have to say.
2: Right. Wow. Shit. Yeah,
0: it was really really good. And and, and if you need some background on it, like I said, check out Superman, Lois and Clark.
3: Dude, um, uh, one thing from that book that is fucking amazing is the art that I think is Doug.
0: Doug Mankey uh, Manke, Manke or man- Manke. Uh, Dude,
3: that art he does where he fights Doomsday is. Oh, I was gonna. Say, oh yeah. Good man. Mm. That is it, really good.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he basically redoes the uh, Superman Doomsday fight and uh, in his I'm fucking in his style of art. And it just like looks so fucking good. Doomsday looks so good. Yeah, that that's one of the reasons why I loved it is because, like I said, that's right around when I first started reading Superman as a kid. And so it just brought me right back to like, like I'm reading like, you know, I haven't fucking pulled Superman. I, I flip through Superman. I don't really read it or pull it. Um, I pulled the Grant Morrison stuff for the first arcs of the New 52. But but um. I pulled, you know, Superman and kind of, all right, let's see where this goes. I'm kind of excited going off of what the Rebirth stuff was saying. And then you're flipping through it, and it fucking felt just like you're reading, like, 90s Superman, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing, depending on who you talk to. But for me personally, it just made me feel like reading Superman again as a kid. Yeah, uh,
2: Superman Rebirth Special number one. Pick that shit up.
0: and And then it's another black suit, man. So black suit Superman. You know, you can't go wrong, really. Well, yeah,
3: it's it's definitely hot in the streets there, bat. American Alien.
0: I think uh, I haven't read too much of it, but it's been getting a lot of praise. Right. It's essentially kind of like a um, anthology book where it's different uh, creators giving their take on a few different um, uh, Superman stories. But it's it's been nothing but positive reviews about it. Right. So if you like Superman or if you kind of like Superman, check it out. There's been some great creators that have written and also drawn on that book.
2: What about uh, Green Lantern? How was the Green Lantern Rebirth special? There? Green Lantern, it.
0: yeah, it was cool, man. It's, uh, I mean, if Green Lantern's its own thing, its own universe that people love, and uh, Jeff Johns came back to help with writing on this one and kind of like usher in Sam Humphreys. Um, I love Sam Humphreys because I, I, I uh, checked out Heat. Okay, what's cool about Sam Humphreys and um, backstory on how he started, he was doing something completely unrelated to comics as far as a job. And he was like, fuck this, I want to write comics. And so he literally just uh, created his own comic, he figured out how to write it, he figured out how to do the art for it. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he got a different artist, I'm sure he did. Um, but he put out his own comic book and he went around to shop and literally just sold them to the different shops. He's like, here's my comic, here's what it's about. And that's how he sold his first comic. And so uh, that was only like five or six years ago when he did it. So he's just been hustling doing that. And that one was called Sacrifice. And it's a really cool fucking story where... It's this kid who, uh, gets, he gets, uh, he like falls back into like a time warp and he goes back to like the Aztec and Mayan days in Mexico. And he's like caught in the middle of all that stuff, which is really, really cool. So you check out, you know, if you see it, check it out. but Um, Is it a
1: musical because
0: he falls back
1: into a time warp?
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's, there is, uh, there's a band that's actually tied to it. Yeah, fuck. Joy Division. So the guy, the kid, the kid's a big Joy Division fan in the comic. So actually, it is very much tied into music. But uh, anyway, so he's writing Green Lanterns now. Green Lanterns plural because it's now the it's a team up book of Simon, Simon Baz, Baz and Jessica, Jessica Cruz.
3: Cruz. So with Je- Jessica
2: Cruz is the the new one, right? She came yeah, in. She's she the was one
0: from Justice League. Been around for a bit. They brought her into the New Fifty Two with uh, Forever Evil. And she gets possessed by by uh, she gets possessed by Vol- Volthoom and becomes the new Powering. And then uh, in spoilers in Rebirth, um, because she's trying to regain control over Volthoom, Volthoom is like feeding off of fear, so that's what Powering is for, basically for Jessica Cruz. So it's feeding off of her fear to gain power. Right. But then um, Which- Hal Jordan teaches her how to overcome the fear and how to control the fear, yeah. and so in doing that, she becomes fearless. So she kind of kicks Volthoom out. And then a Green Lantern ring chooses her because she's fearless. Wait, was, didn't so now, she
2: jump between Black Racer and the Flash? Uh, is
1: that what she yes. did? She jumped in between that's them. That's what she did. Yeah. She yeah. saved. She saved the Flash. Yeah. That was bad. That's why.
0: That's ass. why she was deemed worthy of a Green Lantern ring. Then. Right. Well, the, it, okay. It.
1: Go back to that panel because you know she's laying there dead and. It looks like the Green Lantern ring is like decaying or you know falling apart, and then all of a sudden it brings her back from the dead. Is that what happened?
4: I think that they thought she was dead, but somehow she didn't die. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't one hundred percent on it.
0: You know, let's uh, let's get DC Online too. We'll. Uh... But uh, anyhow, long story short, she's now Green Lantern official, confirmed. <laughs> Yeah. um and so is simon baz and it's pretty funny because um there's there's a little bit there's a good amount of humor in the book and it kind of uh play, pokes fun at the fact that uh humans were never seen as worthy of being a green lantern and i was fucking five of them um or there has been five of them yeah. so uh the it artwork was really touches on that obvious who, who, yeah it's yeah. Vance. i think it was van skybird well, yeah, Vance Skyberg, uh, yeah. V- good v-
2: artwork yeah. and coloring on the green lantern rebirth special uh yeah so that would be a good book yeah, really talked about too today. Shops are going nuts, but I think Green Lantern's hot in the streets right now. I love matchbook. the shows,
3: the the Red Lanterns at the end. I always yeah. love Spoiler them. Alert. Yeah.
1: spoilers. Spoilers. Uh,
0: another cool thing too is that um, what they're doing now is they're kind of showing that the Green Lanterns book is kind of a team up Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz, and uh, Hal Jordan is going off to with the Green Lantern Corps to go fight. You know, basically to go do otherworldly adventures. So Jessica Cruz. And Simon Baz are going to interact a lot more with the Justice League in that book. To so help
3: them train. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. So it's going to pull
0: the Justice League into the Green Lanterns book, which is, which should be pretty cool. And right.
3: it, it also makes them, because Hal Jordan told them, that they can only use the one battery
0: to recharge oh, yeah. their
3: their ring. So they always have to be together.
0: Yeah, so it, it's pretty much like, like uh, handcuffing them together whenever they're Green Lanterns. So that's not a good one. So three, three so
2: far, um, the Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern Rebirth specials, all good. Uh, they, what else came out today? Was Green it... Arrow. I heard you know. the Green... I ain't heard hear that many flattering uh, things about the
1: Green Arrow book. Today. I read I read it. <laughs> I read it. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. I like it. the one thing I like part of the you know rebirth story talks about how this unknown being who we know is or is supposed to be Dr. Manhattan took away like you know like 10 years out of a timeline you know and and and, and um, kind of interfered with relationships and people knowing who each other are and stuff like that so like spoiler alert in this one it's with you know, the Green Arrow and Black Canary. They really don't know who each other are at the very beginning. But one thing that I loved about this book is that, you know, as they go through and they figure out who's kidnapping people and stuff like that, they find this kind of underground.
3: Looks like the wood. Yeah.
1: But they find, you know, this organization that is auctioning off people to all these other like organizations, including like it shows mm. someone from the Court of Owls. But there's oh, all shit. these other, yes. guys, there's all these other people that are wearing similar masks. So there's all these other organizations like the Court of Owls all over the world. <laughs> and I it swear that it kind of gave like a saw feel. Oh, it's saw that's good it. stuff,
3: man. That's I saw. was gonna mention that.
1: It's like Hostel meets Green Arrow meets Batman. Oh. I've always seen Green Arrow kind of like Batman light. Dude, you that's, know?
3: that's like.
2: Pancakes but it, meeting barbecue sauce. Well, um, yeah, I'd eat it. Some <laughs> might like it.
1: Others will fuck it. Well, you know what it is. It's like chicken and waffles, which you think it sounds weird, uh, but it's so dude, good together. I am telling it's you,
3: it's so good. You know, Green Arrow was probably my least favorite, but after reading it the, the second time, it wasn't that bad. It okay. was good, but I I just don't think it was better than the other books I read.
2: Sounds like Robo gives I a kind of like
3: it. <laughs> oh I'm back in for another issue oh well, he's they, back in they, they play don't <laughs> all rebirth yeah <laughs> they they play
1: up you know they play up the whole arrogant asshole douchebag side of Oliver Queen throughout the whole book obviously it's because you know they want to kind of reconnect the audience with that you know that, that persona that he's that he has in his public life but um, yeah it was a pretty good read oh
2: shit not bad well, for- I'll
1: give it a out of, out of five diggities, I give oh, it about a three point five.
2: Three point five diggities. Yeah. So I, I'll, with the Dragon Ball Z hashtag. M&M's out of five. Oh shit!
1: How many? Shit! Shit! It's only two ninety nine.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Batman, Superman, uh, the Lanterns, and um, Green Arrow yeah. Rebirth <laughs> specials. Really looking forward to Wonder Woman and Flash next week. Oh man. Yeah, this is Selena Kyle. Some call me Catwoman, and when I'm not pulling the perfect crime, snatching diamonds, along with Batman's heart all over Gotham, I'm curled up next to my kitty, and listening to Batforce radio. Bat, the DC Collectibles Armored Batflex statue. got uh, Robin! You want to break that down real quick?
4: Yeah, this one's a, a bit of a beast. Uh, the The detail is. At least as good, maybe better, than the last Batflex statue that came out a couple months ago. It weighs a ton. Uh, It has the material, the cloth cape, just like the other one does, with the wires inside it for posing. But this is a really heavy material, so the cape really hangs down really heavy. It makes it look more like it does in the movie. I saw an interview with Ben where he's talking about uh, about the costume, and that cape that he wore in the armored suit, he said it weighed about 20 pounds. Oh, shit. Uh, so I, I guess that's so while they're shooting it hangs down, and you know it's not going to be flapping around and blowing up over his head.
2: Right, yeah.
4: But uh, yeah, they, they really reflected that well uh, on the statue. The, uh, the eyes are uh, a little bit reflective. So if you're taking a picture of it or even if you're just walking by it the right way, it looks like the eyes are lit up.
0: Yeah, I had to run away from it at my shop, so I wasn't... Uh... <laughs> I literally ran away from it because I was going to be pressured into buying it from the shop manager and the store owner. So, mm-hmm. sorry, Ed, if you're hearing this from Collectors Paradise, in Pasadena. Yeah, but that's while, you, an while you were taking a <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: it ain't no chump change. But, <laughs>
2: well,
0: yeah, you know what I'm the one I'm also uh, looking forward to. The one that I actually did order was the um, the Andy Kubert uh, Dark Knight. Uh, is it technically Dark Knight Three or is it Dark Knight
4: Returns? It's a Dark Knight Three. That's
0: a Dark Knight Three statue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah that one's yeah. badass. Yeah.
4: When's that gonna drop? In the streets robin uh i i want to <laughs> say that's in the next couple of weeks oh, there you right. go have to look
0: it up. i would have to say that that one's probably a priority for me over the armored even though the armored looks fantastic
2: armor's yeah. really nice so, you know I'll I'll i like the uh i like how the base is the symbol for the movie that's pretty cool too oh
0: yeah. shit a lot of new readers coming in um yes that's you know, i've noticed that yes a lot a lot is yeah. that rebirth is bringing in a lot of new a lot of new readers, which. Uh, we welcome with open arms, man.
2: Let me tell you, for our listeners, spread the word, you know, tell people, get into now's the perfect time to jump on these books because it's that that's what DC Comics Rebirth is all about. Hopping on point, you know. Fuck the culture where kids just watch the movies and make memes all day. Read the source material. It really is the best experience you can get out of these characters. And it's really gonna almost be essential for the movies coming out because when you see the advertisement for Suicide Squad uh, movie in the comic books, there's actually a reading list accompanied with that advertisement for yeah. suggested reading, so you're more familiar with the characters. Just and the don't story.
3: read the newer
2: Harley. Yeah, do not read <laughs> 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 the new 52 Harley Quinn series, does. So. Bad reflection on the. Couch.
0: You know what? Uh, someone tagged us in a picture of um, which is so smart. Barnes and Noble now, if you buy a graphic novel at Barnes and Noble, it'll make suggestions on three other graphic novels you'll probably enjoy. So that's just genius. Just I mean, just anything to get. And the thing about this too is, as opposed to the New Fifty Two, where it was a it was a jumping on point, but it kind of it was its own origin and it didn't really take any anything from the past and bring it over, except for Batman. That was like one of the only ones that did. Um, this is. Completely giving uh, full respect to the, the history of these characters that came before. So, if you're a new reader jumping on right now, you're not getting just like a, a zero to whatever starting point. You're, you're getting a starting point that also kind of shows you a little bit of what happened before, catches you up. And then it probably interest, like, piques your interest to go back and read some of the classic stories from whatever character you're into, you know? So, it's just a good idea to, right now is probably the perfect time start catching up on stuff
4: yeah, yeah we we have, we have a lot of people opening files over the last week or so especially since that rebirth issue dropped uh, lots of people coming in and opening files but people that have never read comics before but wanted to get in after watching the movies uh people that maybe missed the boat on the new 52 and didn't want to get in when it was too far you know, too late to catch up already. So yeah. tons of people already jumping on. You board. know, it's
2: it's so great to see like people our age, our peers, uh, who were never really that into comics. So it used to be, everyone's starting to jump on now and collect and read again, and and younger people too. Great thing, and we're gonna stay on top of the books as well, week to week. We're gonna have our little segment where we will cover the latest rebirth books being that you know two or two of each series two of each title are hitting every month so it's going to be a better than actually waiting month a month and you got to try to remember what the fuck happened last month just to jump on this month now two issues a, a month it's going to be a good flow for us to cover it so we're going to be on top of that
0: i picked up the gallery edition today oh, yeah what i'm probably going to do is i'm probably going to listen to the last uh was it two episodes ago or three where Gramps unwrapped it?
4: Uh, two. Was it the one right before Jay? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go two episodes back, and I'm going to listen to that while I unwrap mine to hear uh, Gramps guide me through uh, <laughs> the, the unwrapping of my Dark Knight Returns gallery edition. I suggest anybody else we picked it up, do the same thing.
1: After looking at the book, you know, for like the last two weeks and stuff, I haven't even finished looking through all the book. I mean, there's just so much to process because every page that is original art is like a treasure chest of knowledge, you know, because you're actually seeing how, how they actually design the pages or constructed the pages or copy and pasted bits together, especially like a lot of the sound effects and stuff like that. So there's a lot going on that you don't realize because that's old school comic book making at its finest. I read an interview, um, I forget what the website was, 13th Dimension or something like that, anyway. Uh, and it was interviewed Graffiti Designs that you know made the book and they're talking about how many years it took them to get the collected scans and the pages to put this thing together. They, they went in thinking that they were only going to get about 50 to 60% of the book put together because, you know, most of the pages were either sold off, given away, don't exist, destroyed somehow. And, um, you know, trying to track all of them down through people's private collections or whatnot, was a big task and they, they surprisingly got about 80% of the book put together. Some of the pages were all the way in the Philippines and they had to, they were about to go to the Philippines to do the scanning, but they, they finally had a contact that was uh, able to do the high resolution scanning of the, of the pages that were over in the Philippines. And, uh, even some of the pages were, what's his name? Chip Kidd from his private collection. That's crazy, man. Yeah. And I mean, one I, I,
4: I, there were probably what about ten, twelve pages through the whole thing that uh, weren't the original scans.
1: Well, that's yeah. Clear. In one of the pages, it's the page that's the big iconic page where Batman and Carrie Kelly are jumping across the building. That one page sold for five hundred thousand dollars. So the owner of that to donate it to be scanned. That's a that's a pretty big uh, thing. Wow. That's a lot
2: of M&Ms, man. <laughs>
1: so. And there's also a thing in the front of the book that says, hopefully over the years or you know in future time, if anyone has some of the missing pages to contact Graffiti Designs for future publications, so there could be possible future publications where they have a more complete version of the book, too. Yeah. That'd be nuts. It's like what Tom said. Now you feel cheated when you don't see every major an important comic made into a book
0: like that it's a completely different experience man it's like (laughs) i was saying earlier like you just get the weight of the story and the and the impact of the art just so much more when you see it like that and you're and what i keep thinking is like damn like this is what miller saw when he was drawing this is what Jansen saw when he was inking it in this is like Mm. this is how it was like meant to be seen you know
1: yeah especially like on the panels where You know, Jansen does an amazing job inking this book, but there's some, you know, there's some pages where they have like the, you know, the the fold over clear acetate page where Miller has gone back and re-inked panel or two panels or three panels or even the whole page because he's such a perfectionist or he just wanted it done darker, grittier, more more defined, more aged, especially on Batman. I mean, he Jansen is such a great inker that he makes everything look pristine and clean, and Miller wanted it to look dark and dirty.
0: You know, what also um, gave me a new respect, um, and I'm sure Jansen just fucking helped so much, is seeing the cityscapes um, of the Dark Knight, yeah, of... of of like Gotham, you know, like in the first couple of pages where it's that cityscape of, of they're talking about, uh, the heat wave that, that's crippling Gotham and you just see like the sun setting in the background and you see Gotham and it's like, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of so much detail and like, I'm not used to seeing or thinking about Frank Miller in those terms of like, you know, heavily detailed little windows and little windowsills, mm-hmm. you know, and, right. uh. And it's just obvious that like the, everything's like, meticulous, and it's like, wow, this guy when he needed to be, he was careful, and and you know, calibrated and calculated. So it's just really fucking awesome to see that.
4: Now, my my favorite thing is seeing the all the places where they fix things up, like not only the whiteouts, you know, over top of things, but like the talking head panels. We talked about this last time, where it looks like they either uh, white it out right over it, or just cut a piece of paper and just like pasted it over top and redrew the the panel.
1: Yeah, or you'll see where uh, Frank Miller wrote stat used for number three, meaning he wanted that exact same picture that he drew for panel one of a talking head over in in panel three. So you can see where Jansen or somebody just basically photocopied it and cut it out and put it in place right there.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's going to do it for us at Bad Force Radio. Uh, Go check out www.thebadforce.com. We just put up a website recently, and we're going to have some cool content going up there. Uh, we got a couple of behind-the-scenes things coming up pretty soon where um, we don't want to let the cat too much out of the bag, but we're going to be going and checking out some things and interviewing some people and experiencing some DC stuff. So there's a major hint. And uh, we're going to put some pictures up on the website. Also, check us out on Twitter at V underscore BadForce. Uh, uh, on Instagram at the Bad Force, and uh, uh, just make sure you follow the Trunkler there on uh, Instagram at the Trunkler, not Duh, but T H E. Ah, you know. And then uh, we got our Snapchat, the Bad Force, on Snapchat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. All different kinds of things you guys can follow us on. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so rich. Uh, uh, um. Uh, what are you guys talking about there in, in, in uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for like, uh, you know, up to the minute updates, but, uh, if someone could just give me kind of an update, or uh, if I jump on, you know, uh, that way I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, like left out of the conversation and, uh,
4: Hey Scott, uh, while we've got some time to kill here, why don't you, uh, ask some questions to our special guest, Jason Statham? Uh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Jason, I noticed that, uh, um, you know, um, originally you were signed on for about three transporter movies and I, 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 know that you did the first two, um, it was uh, about three or four years till you did the third. In the meantime, you did those other ones where you got a heart conditioning and I, if your heart, you know, kind of like speed, but like with a heart attack. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What about, what about it? Uh, I mean, uh, do you feel like it was difficult to kind of uh, change character from transporter who's driving real fast uh, uh, to, to a guy that, that's that got to go fast so his heart doesn't stop? It? Yeah, no, they're two completely different characters, you fucking no joke. Yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't mean any disrespect by that uh, <laughs> I don't know, I just figured, you know, if. It'd be hard, because they're similar movies. <laughs> you know, one guy dries real fast, and, and the other guy's living real fast, you know? Yeah, what's your fucking point? Get to the fucking point. Ah, uh, I did I didn't mean. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean nothing by it. I. Just, I, I, I hey, you, you fucking pulling my leg, mate. What's your fucking program? I, 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 uh, Mr. Statham, I, I I, didn't mean nothing by it. It was a question. Yeah, you ask a lot of fucking questions, mate. Where's your fucking problem? Uh, uh, I don't think this is going quite how I picked it. <laughs>